Letting go and letting God, and um, that's, that's our focus, that's what we're trying to wrap our head around as we get going into this new decade. Decade, wow, 10 years, 10 years we're moving, right? And um, what, we've, what we've talked about already is um, some things about letting go. We're, we're, we're trying to figure out how to let go, and uh, letting go is not just something we do once, but it's an ongoing thing. You know, we're constantly holding on to something, and we got to let go of it, right? we got to just keep learning to let go. And we understand as a church that the need in the world is great, uh, that the next generation of young people, <clears throat> they're counting on us. If you look around this room, uh, we don't exactly represent the next generation. Okay, We need to reach the next generation. We need to pass... We need to pass this baton of faith on to the next generation. And um, <clears throat> so we have to do that. They're counting on us to do that. The challenge is not when, why, and what, but the challenge is how. How are we like, going to reach them? The how, right? That's, that's our goal is how. People are in need. We need to take the good news to them. How are we going to do that? How are we going to move forward with the Lord in 2020 and as we go forward into this decade, okay? That's the question, is the big how. So we know that the mission of Jesus teaches us to do what? Two-letter word? Go. Thank you, David. I was waiting on you. Got that. Go. The mission of Jesus is a two-letter word. Go. Isn't that simple? I mean, how hard is that? Jesus said go. While you're going, make disciples, teach them, baptize them, go, go. Notice he didn't say come, he didn't say stay, he didn't say, you know, a lot of things. He said go. Just a simple two-letter word, Jesus calls us in his mission to go. And then we also understand that the early church was about going. That's what they were about. They were about doing exactly what Jesus said. They were about going. They were a going church. So our goal is to get back to that New Testament pattern of a going church, right? Jesus' example, right? Everything Jesus said, what he did, and what he taught, together with that New Testament church that we see in the book of Acts, that New Testament pattern, and, and those are our marching orders, to live biblically. That's our challenge. Just live biblically, right? Not religiously, biblically. And there's a huge difference. There's lots of people living religiously in the world. Right? You see them on TV. They got their crosses hanging out. They say a few things about, about the man upstairs. But they're not living for God. They're not sold out living for God. They are living religiously. Okay, uh, and, and our call as a church, as Christians, is to, to live biblically, right? And so for the last few weeks, we have like hammered away on this idea of letting go, and, um, and, and most all of us are thinking about things that we need to let go of. And you wrote some things down. You wrote some things down, and um, I want to read some of those to you this morning. Okay, things that we are letting go of, Okay. And, uh, and again, these are, these are things that we're letting go of, and we're going to continue to battle to let go of them as time goes on, right? These are not things we just let go of once and they never, they never bother us again, right? They're going to be back knocking on our door, right? These and other things. And so we're constantly in the mode of letting go and letting God. Let me read a few to you. Let go of 
worry and time, wasting time, and bad habits. Somebody wrote, uh, letting go of uh, my comfort of home and the fear of rejection. Um, letting go to walk in the freedom of Christ um, that he has provided for me and to get my flesh out of the way. Somebody said, I want to let go of that. Somebody said to let go of my defeatist attitude. My defeatist attitude. Uh, somebody just simply said to let go of myself. I need to let go of myself. Um, fear, pride, self, and worry. Letting go of that. And, and these are from you guys, so, so you know which ones you wrote, you know what you wrote. And these are, these are important. These are things that we, we know we have to let go of if we're going to move forward, right? Anxiety, asking God for his help, uh, uh, about being in control and, and being anxious about things, um, letting go of my ideas. I need to let go of, of directing my path and pray and seek God's direction and then to hang on to Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 that talks about trusting in the Lord, right? This person said to let go of silence, to let go of junk, and to let go of procrastination. That's good. To let go of control. Let go of control. Uh, to let go of excessive baggage. Let go of that. To let go of fear. Uh, to let go of being impatient. Too much politics and making judgments. Uh, that's what one of you wrote. Stop worrying about the things I cannot change and pray for more guidance and wisdom to help change the things that I can. That's what that person said. Learning to forgive others who hurt me and moving forward, walking closer to God. That's awesome. Learning to let go of the things I cannot control and not worry as much and just pray more. Uh, to stop getting uh, angry and talk out disagreements, uh, lack of patience with others. Need to let go of those things. Fear. Fear of too many people, of speaking, of what people are thinking about or saying about me. Letting go of that fear. Uh, the fear of moving. Need to let go of that. Uh, to stop worrying about things in the world I cannot change. Putting God first. Let God handle what's going on. That's good. That's good. And past conflict and bad memories. And then somebody wrote simply bad friends. Letting go of bad friends. That influence of that. And so those are the things that uh, many of you are thinking about, letting go of, and are working on letting go of, and that's a beautiful start, isn't it? I mean, that's good, right? I mean, that's good. It's a great start because if we're going to move forward, we got to let go. we got to let go. And things that are holding us back have to go. We have to let go of them. So, so what we're going to do now is begin moving forward, right? Uh, a letting go is, a, is an always battle. We're going to continue to fight it like till the day we die, we're going to constantly be battling the things that want to cling on to us and the things that we want to cling on to, right, for security reasons. And we need to continue to let go. And our focus now is to let God, is to begin to let God, to let him like have his way in me. Let him have his way in us and let him have his way in, in, in you, in all of us, right? Because God has like, he's begun a good work in you. Right? The scripture teaches us that God has begun a good work in you, and we know that God has begun a good work in us as well. Like us as a church, as a, as a body, God has begun a good work, and he's, he's going to carry it on to completion if we just hang on to God and trust him, right? and walk with him, and, and not let things knock us down for too long. Right? Get back up, keep going. 
and let go of the things that hold you back. So Isaiah said this. Isaiah said in chapter 43, verse 18, he said, do not cling to events, to events of the past or dwell on what happened long ago. Dwell on what happened long ago. He says, watch for the new thing I am going to do. It is happening already. You can see it now. Isn't that awesome? That's like so perfect. Isaiah, Isaiah just nails this right on the head. Isaiah says what, what, what we're talking about here, and that is let go. Like don't cling to the, the events, the things of the past. As good as they were, as awesome as they were, if you cling to them, you cannot keep going forward. You can't do both. You can't like look in the rearview mirror and know what's coming up in front of you. You can't drive your car. I hope none of you drive your car like that, right? <laughs> if you do, please get off the road. <laughs> like stay off the, stay off the highways. Because you know as well as I do, you can't stare into the rearview mirror. You're going to get killed or you're going to kill somebody else. you got to get your eyes on where you're going. And that's the truth about us as people and as a church. And Isaiah nailed it, right? Don't hold on to the things of the past. They were wonderful, they were beautiful, but God's not done. Let's let God. Let's keep watching for a new thing. God wants to do in us today and as we go forward and the next generation and our children and our grandchildren. Like we want to go forward. We want to let go and let God, right? That's what we want. And so um, selfishly, like selfishly, as a leadership and as a church, we, we want people, you know, we want you to, um, when we think about letting God, we, we want you to get involved in things that are going on here at the church. Like we, we need teachers and we need uh, people to volunteer and to help out and to be on a cooking team and to become leaders, become deacons, become elders, that kind of thing. And, and so selfishly, we need that and we want that, but, but, but we want more than that. What I want more than that is that, that, that we will let God use us out there on the streets. That we'll find a way for God to use us in our community where people are lost. Okay, we need the help here in the body of Christ among the believers for sure. But what we need more is that we're, we're actively going out into the world where Jesus told us to go and we're reaching the lost. That has to happen. That's what Jesus meant when he said, go. Go. And so I hope as we, as we move through this, the beginning of this half of this series of letting God, this part of it, uh, that we'll, we'll begin to think of ways that God can use us in the world. And we're going to look at, we're gonna look at some, uh, a couple, one point today, and then one point again next week, about how God was doing that in the early church. Because there are, there are patterns, there are examples. And so we want to look at what they were doing, that early church, and try to get back to what they were thinking and how they went about church life and what they were about. Okay? So this is, again, hopefully going to challenge us to think outside the box, right? outside of our own little world that we have come to know. This early church, what they did was they took the mission of Jesus seriously and they took it on the road they took it out on the streets that's where it was intended to be <laughs> think about it it's never intended to be locked up somewhere in a building it was always intended to be out there they did not cling to the past you know what they you know who they let do that they let the pharisees do that they let the religious leaders do that they clung to the past 
But these early disciples, they weren't going to cling to the past. They didn't cling to what happened long ago. What they were doing was exactly what Isaiah said, and that is they were watching for a new thing. They were seeing God do a new thing among them, and they were eager to walk in that, in what God wanted to do. Right? That's where our mind needs to be, on what God wants to do. And they moved forward as a church for a number of reasons. The first one today is this, and I'm going to just wrap it up. At, at 11.30, I'm going to like, come to a stop. Okay? And I'm going to do that to honor you guys so that we all can like, know that at 11.30, we're done. Uh, or at least I'm going to wrap it up. And that, for a preacher, that could mean a lot of things, right, Gary? That could mean another hour or so, maybe. No, okay. Just a few more minutes after that. Just a few more minutes. But, but I'm going to ask you guys to do a couple things as well, okay? Because I want to honor you, but I want us to work together. And, and one of the things that you, you can do is bring your word, bring the word with you, and, and dig into it with us as we look through these verses. Because it's the scripture, it's the word of God that will transform our lives. Okay, the Holy Spirit using the Word of God that's going to change us. Okay? But also, as I do this, as I do my part, I'm going to ask you guys each Sunday to keep moving forward. Okay? Because we're talking about moving forward. So it only makes sense that we physically like move forward. You know, I used to be the guy who sat in the back of the bus. I was the guy who sat in the back of the classroom. How many of you are like me? There are you guys. See the guys on the back wall back there? And, and we all know kind of what that means. It means I'm not really too interested. And, and I'm just generally saying this. It means that I'm here, but I'm, I'm kind of going to hang back. It means I'm the cool guy in the back of the bus and all the geeks sit up front. That's what that means. But, but and it, so it, there's, a, there's a physical attitude that comes with our positioning, our physical positioning. Like when we worship God and we, we're just like thinking about God or we want to bow down or we want to just bow our heads or whatever, it's a, it's a posture that we take to say to God, God, I'm all in. And I'm like anticipating you saying something to me today or doing something in my life that's going to change me. And when you just sit in the back of the bus or the back of the room, it's kind of like saying, I'm here. Check. So I'm going to encourage you to move your body forward next Sunday when you come here. Okay, move forward. Let's all like get into this thing together and dig into God's word and let God change us and let it begin with our posture, with the physical posture of our being, saying, God, here I am. I'm here, God, for you. Okay, that's just a little pet peeve of mine, but I think it means a lot. It says something. So these, these early Christians, they move forward with God because, number one, because they, they set it in their hearts to do so. Like, they set it in their hearts to do so. Like, like before they went out and did anything physically, they, they determined in their hearts and in their minds that they were going to do this. They were going to put Christ first. They were going to give themselves fully to the mission of Jesus. Not partway, not halfway in, not one foot in, one foot out, not I'm going to taste the waters, but they gave themselves fully to the mission. And, and 1 Peter, Peter writes about this. He says, he says this in 1 Peter 3, verse 15. He says, but in your hearts, revere or set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness 
and respect. And so Peter says, you know, there's an attitude about how we, how we approach sharing our faith with the world, right? There's this attitude of respect and gentleness and love. And there's this attitude of I'm always going to be ready to do that. And not only ready to do that, but I'm going to be like looking for opportunity to do that. Like I want to create opportunities in the world while I live in this world. I want to try to create opportunities where I can share my faith. Like, like intentionally. So like Jackie... We love Jackie. Everybody love Jackie? Yeah. <laughs> we all love Jackie. But Jackie comes up to me and shares a couple jokes with me. And I just know that Jackie was like anxious to share those jokes, right? She loves telling jokes. And that's, that's exactly how we need to be about our faith. Like look for opportunities, maybe even make them. Create opportunities to share our faith, to be aggressive in talking to people about our faith. That's awesome. That's, she just naturally does that. That's natural Jackie in, 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 in motion. We need to be like that. We need to be like that. But, but not only an attitude and not only being prepared, but he says, in your hearts, set apart Christ as Lord. In other words, the early Christians, they had set it in their hearts that this is what they were going to be about. That this is how I'm going to live my life. This is what I'm going to do. At the very core of their being, in their hearts, they were determined to keep Christ as Lord. No idol, no idea, no object would take his place. Nothing was going to take the place of Christ on the throne of their hearts. And they were determined to keep Jesus as Lord. And if, if you're going to move forward with Jesus, you've got to commit to it. You have got to be all in, 100%. That's the only way you will move forward with the Lord. Like, we want to be like this early church, right? We want to move out like they did, like strong and on purpose, like with intention and with great determination that we are living on this planet. Jesus has saved our soul and our mission in life totally is to share him with anyone and everyone. And we'll create opportunities to do that as much as we possibly can. Right? That's what, that's what we should be doing. That's what God has called us to. And so if you would, flip with me over to Acts chapter 5. We're going we're gonna to look at Acts 5. This chapter has got a number of things in it that are really good about this early church as they moved out. Like as they set it in their hearts to, to serve the Lord and to live out the mission of Christ. They, like, they, they just like in concrete in their hearts, they said, this is what we will do. This is how we will live. We will represent Christ in everything we do. And we'll do it to reach the world. We'll do it with a purpose. So in Acts chapter 5, there's a lot of things going on here in Acts 5. In the first 10 verses, though, what we see is this example of not letting go. Okay, So we see this example of a, a couple people, a husband and a wife, who do not let go. And, and, and you know the story, Ananias and Sapphira, they, 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 they sell this piece of property and other people, other Christians are like bringing the money and giving it to the apostles. And they had agreed in their hearts what they were going to do. That they were going to bring such amount of money and they were going to give it to the apostles to be used 
uh, in the kingdom, to reach the world, to help people in need. But when they sold the property, they didn't do that. They only brought part of it in. They made a promise to God that they were going to be all in, but they didn't live it out. And we're talking about two people and we're talking about money, but, but really what we're talking about is us. Because when we, when we went under the water, when we went in that grave, we were saying to God, I'm all in. You have all of me, dead to self, alive to Christ, all in. Are we still all in? Are we still living an all in life with everything we do, with our time, our talents, and our treasures? Are we really all in? Are we just partially in? So, what happens to them is, is uh, they lie to God. And in verse 3, look what happens. Peter said to Ananias, How is it that Satan? has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land. Such a small thing. God doesn't need their money for the, from the land. He doesn't. But they made a promise. They made an, an oath to God that they were going to do this. And when it happened, they didn't do this. They did something else. And from their heart came lies. See, what they, they, they started with setting in their mind that they were going to do the right thing, but when it came time to do the right thing, they didn't do the right thing. And so they lied to God, and what was revealed was the treasure of their heart, what was really most important to them. Even though they said God was important, their treasure, their money was more important. And the scripture says they were filled with evil. And they set it in their hearts, both of them set it in their hearts to lie. To lie to God and to lie to the apostles and to lie to the Holy Spirit. And they both fell down dead. That's pretty intense, isn't it? See, the church was like powerfully moving in this early stage of the church, and they were, they were moving. The, the, the apostles and other believers had set it in their mind that we were taking the mission to the world, and these two decided that they were going to do something else. And, and, and the tone that is set in this happening is that you don't mess with God. You don't make a promise to God and not do it. Like you don't tell God you're going to give him something and not give it. Right? And they lied to God. And, and if you look at the end of the story, verse 11, look, look what it says in verse 11 right here. It says, Great fear seized the whole church and all who heard about this event. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? Note, note, note that there's like, like this is in the scripture. This is in the Bible that everyone can read. There is no attempt to like cover it up. There's no, like the apostles saying, let us never speak of this event again. There's none of that. God isn't worried that we might think that he's a, a bully or something. That if we lie to him, we, we will be fine. We can get away with it. No, what God wants us to understand is that you don't mess around with God. That we're people and that we, we should commit and make a promise and then we should do it. And if we don't, God will have the last word. He will. And you can call that whatever you want, but it should bring about a little bit of fear 
in our hearts that, that he is God and we are not. And how dare us think that we can mess with God ever, like ever. There was this clearly and fearfully awareness of the reality of the power of God in their hearts and in their minds. And they understood that going against God and what that might mean. And that's what happened to them. In verses 12 to 16, if you've got your Bibles open and you're looking there, it says the apostles are, are doing miracles, right? They're doing signs and they're doing wonders. And so what's happening is this church is like on the street and this church is like on the move. It's moving forward like a locomotive. It's just moving forward powerfully. It's gaining momentum. It's gaining ground. It's reaching the world. It's the light of Christ now moving through the people of God. And if you're looking through that section, what you see is that they're, they're meeting here in Solomon's uh, colonnade or Solomon's porch, it says. And, and Solomon's colonnade or porch is a place, is this place outside the temple that the community came. This is so good. It's the place where the community came, where teachers came to share information and, and teaching. Anybody could come and hang out there. It was like the Jerusalem Cafe. It was the Starbucks of the temple. Anybody could come and hang out there. It was a place where the public could come, even those who weren't Jews, and they could hang out at this part of the colonnade, the porch at the temple. And large crowds, it was big enough so large crowds could gather there. And Jesus, Jesus used to come here and hang out and share truth. He'd just walk around the public, the people, and just share life with them. Sometimes he would preach, and sometimes they would share together. And the early, the early Christians, they met here. They met here, in, in the colonnade, where the public was, out there, where the world was. This is the early church. Could you imagine the early church? Like, we, we've, today we've got, we know we meet here at 9.30 for Bible study and 10.30 for worship. And we come here and we do our thing. But what they did was say, hey, we're going to meet at the... Um, we're going to meet at the east end of the colonnade. And uh, we're going to have worship there. Sun up. Just come. They all came. They hung out. And you can just see this picture. It's kind of like this. The Christians are all gathered over there. And people are wandering around and walking around. And they're noticing the Christians over there. And then they start worshiping God. And they start praying. And then somebody stands up. Peter's in town. So he preaches. And the, and the world is now watching this. And they're going, wow, that's powerful. That's pretty cool. That's the word of God being preached in the public square. Wow. And they wanted to be a part of that. This is the church. This is the church. This is what the church did. This is where the church met, in the public square. And what they were doing was they just met and they worshiped God and they let God. They just let God do whatever God wanted to do. It's like they just met and worshiped God where people could see them and hear them and watch them and talk to them. In verses 17 and 18, and we're going to probably wrap it up with this. In verses 17 and 18, what happens is the apostles are arrested because they're creating this turmoil in the town. And they're put in jail, 
And notice in verse 17 why they're arrested. It says, Then the high priest and all his associates who were members of the party of the Sadducees were filled with, what's the word? Jealousy. They were filled with religious jealousy. That's what they were filled with. This he's not doing this our way attitude. This he's not holding on to the past traditions that we have established. That's what they were so mad about as the word of God was being preached, right? As, so they arrest the apostles, and uh, what happens is, is this. What, what typically happens is this. People, people who are stuck, people who are stuck, and you've probably seen this in, the, in your life, people who are stuck hating on people who are not. I mean, this happens. Like, you can see it. You can hear it. You, you could get the attitude. It comes across loud and clear. People who are just stuck in their way, hating on those who are not stuck in their way. Like, not caring at all for them because they're not doing it the way we do it or the way we did it or the way we were taught to do it. And they don't want to change. They're stuck, and they don't want other people to change either. And so what happens is an angel of the Lord opens the door and, and the apostles go free, right? They just are released out into the streets again. And know what happens. What the angel tells them to do is this. Look, what the angel says to them is this. Go and stand in the temple courts, he said, and tell the people all about the new life. That's what the angel says. You're free from prison. Come on out back onto the streets and let's go tell the people about this new life you have in Christ. Note what Jesus told the apostles to do, go into all the world. The angel now confirms that's exactly what you should be doing, Christians. Out into the world, telling the people about this new life. And there's a number of things that the angel did not tell them to do. He did not tell them to start a religion. He did not tell them to build a building. And he did not tell them to form a committee. He told them simply to go out onto the streets and share the good news. See, that's what moving forward looks like. And in verse 21, it says this, at daybreak, they, they entered the temple courts. These are the freed apostles. They entered the temple courts as they had been told to do, and they began to teach the people. In other words, they did exactly what God told them to do. They just simply went and told people about this good news in Jesus. And we're going to stop right there. Let's pray together. Father, we love you so much. We need you, Lord. We need you, God, to help us in our hearts, deep down in our very souls, God, in the core of who we are, to reaffirm our commitment to you, God, that, that we have set you apart as Lord of our life, and that you truly are Lord of our life. And God, I pray that you'll move in our hearts and do great things in us. Father, help us to trust you with everything in us. Father, help us to be honest with you, to let go of the things that are holding us back and hindering us, to learn to turn the page and move forward with you, and to let you do whatever it is you want us to do. But God, help us to put ourselves among the people who need you most, the lost world that you came to save. 
that you sent the apostles out to reach and that you sent your church to go and impact. God, help us to be that going church that you called your church to be. We love you so much, and we pray that you'll give us direction, and you'll give us wisdom, and you'll give us insight and lead our steps, Father, as we go as a church and as individual people, God, that we won't just be about our daily work or our daily job or just about doing what we've been doing for the last number of years, but we will be on purpose and intentional, God, about sharing our faith with the world. We love you, and we know you're coming back for us. We pray, God, that you'll use us some way for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray.